Welcome to the ETOP Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Walsh, best-selling author of Escape the Owner Prison, the contractor's new way to scale, regain control, and fast-track growth while loving life. Today's guest, Juliette Busavosi, she is a nonprofit expert. Okay, so this is going to be very interesting because a lot of our uh, entrepreneurial listeners, okay, we've all, a lot of us have reached certain levels of success or have an interest in giving back alone. And a lot of times, you know, again, being business owners, we want to start actual organizations, right? Because we, we enjoy the structure. We want to make the most impact. And Juliet's going to help us understand the nonprofit uh, space. Okay, so with no further ado, let me bring her on. Juliet, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Richard. How are you doing? I am outstanding. It's just another great day. So uh, I'm excited to talk to you about the nonprofit space, okay? Because I have a little bit of understanding, not a ton. You know, I do some things for my church and things like that. We've done quite a bit. Got, you know, got our charitable statuses. We've done a lot of stuff like that. But I'd, I'd like to really um, kind of get into it with you. So why don't you bring us up to speed on your story? I know you've been doing this for a long time, but kind of tell us how it started, how you got into this, and kind of what your future plans are here. Wow, thank you very much, Richard. Uh, a very good evening to all the listeners in my country. It is evening. Uh, great to have you on the show. I've been working with nonprofit organizations for over 15 years, and um, it is a course that I did at university uh, after graduating with a Bachelor of Social Work and Social Administration degree. I will later joined an organization called World Vision International. I know World Vision is international and it is found in quite a number of countries. Um, I started my work there as a volunteer and I was able to volunteer in the communities that World Vision works in for a year with no pay, but just acquainting myself with the kind of work that is done by World Vision in the communities. And then I was later taken up by the organization, World Vision International, as a full-time staff. And while my stay in World Vision, I implemented quite a number of projects. I was, uh, World Vision is a child-related organization. So I was able to implement programs in child sponsorship. I was able to implement programs in health, education, agriculture and livelihoods, HIV AIDS, uh, economic empowerment and environment. Um, during this time, I was able to pick quite a number of skills. And uh, I think World Vision, given the work that it does, it is an organization that has picked quite a lot of interest from its donors because the transformation that it brings to the communities is very evident. So while my stay at World Vision, we would endeavor to show how the work that we did in the communities, what the donors gave in the organization, the dollar, the $1 that was collected, the $10 put together, what transformation it was able to bring to the communities. For example, during my stay there, we were able to show our donors that the money that you give on a regular basis is able to construct a home or a house for a child-headed home. It is enough to construct a health facility and then people in that community can reduce on the distance that they walk to go to the nearest health facility. 
it was able, the money was able to construct schools in the community. So children in the community were able to access quality education within the environment. And this money was also able to afford to construct staff houses. So the teachers were always around the school environment. So the children came to school and they found teachers well qualified, ready, already housed at the school, and they would give them quality education. So nonprofit organizations actually bring a lot of transformation in the communities. I later joined a different organization organization, which is health related. And I've also been able to implement quite a number of projects in relation to the sustainable development goals, quite a number of things there, quality health and outcome, uh, zero poverty, in increasing income, equity and equality, quite a number of things to look at in the sustainable development goals. There are 17 in number. So that has been my journey in the nonprofit organization. And I think it is has been a very interesting journey because I have been able to help people start nonprofit organizations. I've been able to build the capacity of CBOs to get funding from different donors I've been able to help CBOs become more visible in the work they do, in the transformation that they bring to the communities so that they can be visible or be seen by the donors that they target with their activities. It is a long journey that can't be explained in a few minutes, Richard, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, that's great. Oh, I understand that yeah, you've, you've put a lot of work in um, helping others and creating this this space. Uh, I love it. There's a couple of things you had said that I want to touch on. You know, uh, an important aspect of in the nonprofit space that I see, again, as a business owner myself, my listeners are business owners. You know, we look, we're always looking at, you know, we'll call it ROI, right? Return on investment. So if I'm going to give to a, a charitable organization, you know, I, I obviously I, I give to give, right? But I do want to see fruit, fruits of that giving, right? What, what are you actually doing with this? And I like what you're saying that you're actually showing, here's the results, you know, because I, there are organizations that you give a dollar and they keep 90 cents and they spend 10 cents. Okay. Yes. So and mm. it's, it's a shame. And they're big mm. organizations. They're very, very big organizations. So they're mm. making tons of money and they're not really putting in. You don't ever really see what they're doing. You'll get yeah. this this warm and fuzzy little commercial, you know, that, that they're helping a kid or something like that. But like you're saying, when you're going here, we built this school. We bring this education. We're teaching people how to farm. We're doing this. We're doing whatever it is, you know, elevating, elevating the poverty levels, you know, in a good way. Right. Bringing them out of poverty is very important. I think that when people are looking for, um, you know, to give right to give charitable donations, um, I think it's very important that they really do some research on the organizations. Do you find a lot of people asking those kind of questions? Um, yes a lot of people asking those kind of questions and a lot of donors looking out for such things before they can give their pound, before they can give their dollar. Um, Richard, you say that you belong to the business world. Most of the times people in the business arena have something called corporate social responsibility. And in most cases, they're looking for nonprofit organizations that they could give their money to as 
corporate social responsibility so that a child is educated, so that someone can be able to access health services. So nonprofit organizations should be placed strategically. Actually, I now look at nonprofit organizations as a business organizations because the days or the times are gone when nonprofit organizations were hidden about the transformation that they bring to the community. The times that are now with COVID and all these other things, with the limited resources that are available from business entities and from the donors out there, nonprofit organizations cannot afford to keep quiet about what they do. They should be on social media, posting the transformation that they bring to the community. Actually, this is what I am telling the nonprofit organizations that I work with. You cannot afford to keep quiet about the work that you do because people out there are looking for the change that nonprofit organizations are bringing so that they could contribute a pound, so that they can contribute a dollar. If you're putting up a website and you're talking about all these big things that you do without a story, uh, without a video to show the transformation that you're bringing to the community, I think you would not win the heart of many donors or you would not win the heart of many business people that would want to give a cent or a dollar. Uh, I was challenging nonprofit organizations that looking at the COVID situation, most of the people have come to social media. The donors that we are all targeting for funds for our nonprofit organizations have hit social media. And there is a lot of noise that is going on. So what makes your nonprofit organization so outstanding that the donor that you're targeting will look out and say, I will fund Richard's organization, but I will not fund Julie's organization. You have to give quality. You have to give, um, you have to be visible. You have to talk about the transformation that you're bringing in the community should be clear. The transformation, the story that you're telling about what your nonprofit does should be clear to win the heart of your donor, to win the heart of someone that is out there that would want to contribute a dollar a day. It is your responsibility to post short videos of the work that you do on a daily basis. It is your responsibility as a CEO to now come to your social media page, no matter which page you're using, and talk about your nonprofit organization, talk about your strategic plan, talk about your objectives, talk about your goals, talk about your story, where you have come from, talk about the donors that you have, talk about the gaps that you have in your funding. You know, nonprofit organizations cannot afford to keep back. I usually relate the story for nonprofit organizations to Coca-Cola. And I tell them, look here guys, Coca-Cola began and it wasn't making as much noise, but time came for it to be visible. It had to make a lot of noise so that the customers, they would stay in the minds of the customers. So as nonprofit organizations, what are you doing? What are you showing so that you stay in the minds of the donors that are out there that would want to contribute to the work that you do, that would want to contribute to the transformation that you bring to the communities. So yes, Richard, most of the people are asking that question. No one would want to give their $1 to an organization that does not show what they do in the community, that does not have a story to tell about the work that they do.
Yeah, that's good. That's real good. Um, let me ask you another question, kind of along the same lines. Um, when you, because I know with World Vision and things like that, that you're working with or head work with, um, I think an important thing too for, uh, again, well, I'll call them investors, you know, givers. People are going to, people are going to donate to the cause and things that, um, again, I always kind of take the business perspective here, but what I love to see is, you know, there, there's places that give people money. Right. Here's your money, you know, and then they don't they don't give education. They don't teach them how to be more self-sufficient. Right. So the, mm. the giving of money is not that's not what makes a difference. I think that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Right. So it's yeah. money's yeah. money's fuel. Right. But if you have a, a gas can full of gas, it doesn't do anything sitting by itself. You have to put yes. it in a tank that can then in a vehicle that can take you somewhere. So if, if, if the organization is not training these people to become self-sufficient, to become, mm. um, you know, leaders, right, to, 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 to be able to institute these things that they're taught to make, like you're saying, be more sustainable, right, be self-sustainable. I think that's a key. I know when I look at, when I look for a charitable organization, I look at what are they doing? What are they training the people to do? You know, are, mm. they, are they creating them to be independent, you know, are they teaching them basics, you know, things that, and for whatever reason they don't have now for maybe it was a lack of, of resource, but now you're able to bring, like if you're bringing just in the case of fresh water, right? There was a time when they were, okay, we, we, we come in, we build you a well. Now you have fresh water. You don't have to walk six miles to get water. That's great. And then you leave and you never teach them how to work on the well. And when it breaks there, it sits, mm. right? That's mm. a problem. Okay. Mm. The, the fresh water was nice till the well broke and now there's no one here and they left. And so that's what I mean about there's no follow-up there. There's no like sustainability. So I love to see organizations that are teaching people out like here, we can get you these resources, but now you're going to have to maintain them. And now let's train you how to maintain these because mm -hmm. once that goes down, they're right back where they started. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In, in response to that, Richard, um, I, I look through nonprofit organizations, um, strategic plans, but also proposals, because it all begins at the proposal level. As you write the proposal, it should be clear because the project that you're going to implement is probably a three or four year project, and it is actually going to come to an end. So as you write the proposal, it should be clear on who takes up what when the project comes to an end. And this begins from the first year of implementation. It should be clear on the contribution of each party so that just in case the project is coming to a close at the end of four years, different people have taken up their responsibilities. I'll, I'll give an example here. The schools that we were constructing in World Vision or the health facilities were later handed over to the government. Why? Because World Vision as an organization does not have any say over human resource. So as an issue of sustainability, the government takes up the health facilities and it is able to recruit human resource in the health facilities. So that is a sustainability issue because World Vision cannot go ahead and uh, facilitate or give salaries to staff for over 10 or 20 years when the health facility will be there because it is a community project and it is within the community. And the other thing is for the drugs that are needed in the health facility, 
World Vision cannot procure drugs, and yet there are government systems and structures, national medical stores that are usually procuring drugs for health facilities. So by handing over the health facility to the government, it is one way of saying, even when the national medical store is procuring drugs for that particular community, that health facility is put into consideration. So from the word go, it should be clear who does what. Now that goes for infrastructure. Then when we go to other projects, for example, a project on child sponsorship, um, the reason that we would marry the child sponsorship projects to agriculture is because at the end of that particular project, five years, we know that the family will be able to have improved in household income. So during the five years of project implementation, you begin the project by even procuring the school uniforms, procuring the scholastic materials for these students. So as time goes on, you are teaching these people improved agriculture systems, you're teaching them better agriculture methods, you're teaching them to do irrigation when they're dry spans, you're teaching them to use improved seeds, you're teaching them to use um, pesticides and all that. So at the end of the five years, the family income has actually come up. They can be able to buy scholastic materials for the children, they can be, they will be able to buy uniforms for the children and actually to some extent, you would find that some families have been able to construct a better house as a result of the project intervention. So yes, sustainability is very key. It is something that should be at the point of every nonprofit organization CEO because the projects that we implement are not long life projects, but the communities will always be there. It is like giving someone a fish or giving someone a rod. So usually nonprofit organizations, we should target projects that give uh, our communities or our beneficiaries are so that they will go and fish for themselves, not giving them a fish because they will eat the fish and it gets finished and they will be hungry again. So sustainability for every project that is beginning. The projects that I'm working with, the projects that I'm helping, this is something that I look out for from the time that we are designing the project at proposal level. And we come up with a sustainability matrix that will follow through the life of the project. Yeah, that's great. I, I just think it's really important. I think what a lot of people don't understand either is, is the time that's required for this, right? So you can lay out the plan, that's good. Mm. Once it's implemented, now you like you said, you've got a four-year plan. Well, that's great, but it really doesn't end. I mean, the the prosperity aspect of your of your giving, right? Of your of this plan that you put in place, you created the handoff, mm -hmm. whether it's to a government or you or you create a system where they can be run privately. Whatever the case, you have to understand that you know nothing happens overnight, right? A four or five year really is a small time span when you're changing mm -hmm. a community. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think people there, there's always results. There's always small things. And, and, and they all they, they of course, they accumulate and they become big things. But I think another thing mm -hmm. that needs to be stressed is that, you know, you may not see it may take a generation till there's major change. Right. You may literally take 20 years, 25 years. And all of a sudden it's like if you were there 20 years before and you showed up again 20 years later, you wouldn't even mm -hmm. recognize the community because it took that long. It it, it, it took that long to get 
to, to, to get everything really to get everyone on board and really start seeing the fruits of all this labor, all this foundational mm. stuff that was put in by your nonprofit. Isn't that kind of, I mean, that that's kind of how I look at it, right? Because I understand that, you know, it, it just takes this kind of time to do that. And, and that's the real fruit, right? When you see an entire generation is changed, you know, because of something you put in place, that's got to be very rewarding. Yes, it is. Actually, the other thing to point out, Richard, on the issue of sustainability, as, as we implement the projects, uh, social behavior change is also something that we actually target because you get to this community, as, as you enter into this community, there's beliefs that they believe, um, there are things that they have attitudes, their behaviors that they have had over generations. So as you come up with your project and you're telling people, look here, uh, we can do irrigation and get better yields. They, they don't know what irrigation is. You know, It is something new that you're bringing on board because uh, as a result of agriculture, you, you want to, them to have better yields. So you're working with them, but also addressing, you do, we call them pilots. You, you're doing a pilot to show them that irrigation works despite their old systems of farming. But irrigation is something that also works. You're not pushing them, but you're working with them to show them that you do something small and you're showing them this actually works. And if we couple this with what you have been doing, we could realize better yields. So it's not that you're only implementing a project, you have to come up with a social behavior change mechanisms, things that are going to address attitude things that are going to address behaviors, things that are going to address um, beliefs that these people have had for many generations before the transformation can be realized. I'll give an example. In Uganda, we have a community. It's a nomadic community. It's in the Northeast of the country and it's called the Karamoja community. Now, these people have never been to school. Um, the world is just opening up to them. Currently, we are managing projects in this Karamoja region. And you know, the children here know the kind of life that they should live is to go and graze their cattle. You know, their parents know that uh, agriculture is not part of the thing because for them in their community, it's about milk, they feed on milk, they feed on meat from the cows and also the blood from the cows. So if you're introducing an education program Obviously, you have to start with a program that is under trees because they even live in grass thatched houses. You know, you're taking the education program to the places where the children are looking after the cattle because here the issues of beliefs, the issues of attitude change. So before you can realize any change in such a community, it takes time because this is what they have been doing for generations. You know, and the other way to, to, to get into some of these is to build partnerships because we have built partnerships with a number of organizations. Despite the fact that you get into a community, World Vision does health, it does education, it does child sponsorship. You could find another project that is doing reproductive health. You could find another project like World Food Program and it is giving food. So you build partnerships and many organizations come together and because we are serving the same community and we intervene in meetings talking about 
what each one of us does. And it is a synergy of many partners coming together, addressing a number of problems in this community and the changes or the results that you see after a specific period of time, because you have put your resources together, you have put your minds together, you put the energy together is quite outstanding and very beautiful. Yeah, that's great. It, it does take a lot of, um, it's a lot of resource, a lot of people, a lot of, like you said, you're dealing with beliefs and cultures. Okay. I mean, you're going yes. into a place, like you said, they haven't, you know, they haven't been exposed to this literally, like you're talking I mean, you're, I mean, mm. it's, it's, it's a ground level. It's, you know, it's, and like you said, if you're starting with the younger kids, you know, maybe they're a little more open-minded, perhaps mm -hmm. they're a little, you know, they, they have a, a more willingness to learn, but you're right. You know, to, to show them, you know, like you said, you take a pilot program in there and you show them like this can work, you know, that again, it's back to the time thing, right? It takes time for someone to, you know, agree with this. I mean, we all, no one likes change, right? There's very yeah. few people who actually like change, even if it's, even if to us, like it's, why would you not do this? It'll, it'll double your income. It'll triple, it'll change the prosperity, <laughs> the health of everything. And you're thinking like, you're scratching their head going, oh, I don't think so. You know, this is kind of weird. You know, you're coming in. We've done this for the last, you know, 300 years or whatever. So, you know, it, it, it it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating hurdle. I'm going to call it a hurdle because that's gotta be, if you can't overcome that, I, I don't think you're going to make any, any headway in the community. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's and the other, the other interesting way we, we actually deal with such communities is um, obviously you will find that in those communities, there are people that have been educated, there are people that have actually made it. So we usually bring back those people in these communities and they talk to the community because they are their children. They are children that they have seen grow in these communities. And for example, you see someone that has grown in this community. He was once in the forest looking after cattle. And now he comes back to the health facility as a doctor. So, and he's treating the community. So it is very exciting if someone of that caliber comes back and he is talking to them. So we look out for such people that um, part of this community, but they have actually made it in life. They have made it in life, they have houses, they're driving cars. So when these people gather in schools, actually when we are doing school programs, these are the people that we use. When these people gather in schools and they're talking to all these children that are just beginning to realize what education is, and they see someone that is wearing shoes, someone that is driving a car, someone that is in a health facility, and this person is part of their community and they see the transformation that this person has gone through, it is a beautiful experience and these people speak more to their lives than any other intervention. Right. You know, you know, what's important about that. And I think, um, and I know I'm, I'm going to speak from America, what I've seen over my lifetime is the problem is guys will be in a, you know, in a, you know, they grew up in a bad situation, a bad neighborhood. They got a lot of poverty. They'll get out of poverty, right? They'll do like you said. Mm -hmm. They'll go. They'll, they'll they'll have that inner drive, and they'll get an education. They'll they'll leave the community and they'll go reach success. But here's the problem: they never come back. Yes. They never reach a hand down and bring someone else with them, right? Really so I, I I think so. An important part of, and you probably have this already built into your, you know, in, into your plans and stuff is to let people know that this isn't so you can abandon your community. Okay. This isn't chasing a <laughs> rainbow, right? And you're never going to be back because, you know, it, you got to understand that this is, you know, this is your community. 
And mm. to improve it, you have to, yes, you need to elevate your education, you need to elevate your, your, your skills on whether it's trades and farming or anything else, but you've got to do this and help others do the same in your community. Yes. It can't be just for yourself. You know, and I just see so much, so many times, especially in, in, in America here, that, that that's the case. They just don't go back and reach that hand down and bring others with them. You know, they go and they enjoy their success, but they just don't look back. So I love to hear that these people do come back and they are, mm -hmm. they have a powerful voice because like yes. you said, people know them, you know, they mm -hmm. saw a transformation and they, and they come back and say, you can do this too. You know, this is what we're going to do. And this is how you start. But again, I, I understand the complexity of you. A lot of times you're going to the very, very basic foundational aspects of life, in a sense, from, from you know, behaviors and belief. And then what they've done for so long and making something different. And it's going to start small. It might start with one person implementing these yeah. strategies. And then everyone goes, oh, that worked. You know, <laughs> so I'll try that. <laughs> then you got two, then you got eight, then you got yeah. 12. And then. You go up from there and pretty soon, like I said, that's why I think when people give uh, to and it spreads in the Yeah. And, and I, th I think it's important that people understand that, you know, money is seed, right? They even call it seed money, right? They give me seed money because I'm going to start a business. So I need seed money. And what they mean yeah. is I need the money to plant, you know, and once you plant, you get the fertile soil, you put the mm. seed in it. Now you got to water it. And guess what you do after that? You get to wait. <laughs> Okay, because mm. then it's kind of out of your control in a sense when it comes down to that. But this is the same thing. You've got to plant these seeds correctly, right? You gotta you gotta fertilize the soil, you gotta prep the soil before you even plant the seed. And that's your behaviors and your beliefs and things you're talking about. So it's very important to get that ready. Then you bring in the seed, right? Then you can bring in the seed, and now people, you know, then they can start to take care of the seed. The seed sprouts, starts to grow, and there you go. And then it creates more seeds, and then now you have that sustainability that we talked about earlier. I think that's a, it's a, it's a very good um, uh, strategy to understand. And I'm glad it's mm -hmm. it's good to hear you kind of. That's kind of your method because, like I said, I I, I kind of look at both sides: the jaded side where money's wasted all the time, it doesn't go to really mm -hmm. you know beneficial things. But you're down in the kind of the grassroots level, you know, changing communities, you know, which which I really I really enjoy. Yes, actually, the, the other thing that we, we use are the local leaders in the community, because by the time someone becomes a local leader, they have acquired a limited or some kind of education. So to get to the communities, when the local leaders in the community speak, they speak with authority. Some of the community leaders are actually called chiefs. So when a chief says something, Usually the community will, will oblige or they will listen and follow. So the leaders that we usually use are the church leaders, uh, looking at the different um, denominations in the communities. For example, the Muslims, we have the Christians, we have the Seventh-day Adventists, we have the Catholics. So we use the church leaders to actually mobilize the communities for development programs. Then we also use the local leaders. Uh, we usually call them local councils from one to five. So these people are key people that are elected politically in office by the communities. So usually when you bring a program and you get in touch with the local leaders in this community and they are your entry point, chances are high that the program will actually succeed. And like when you come as a nonprofit organization, and you want to gain entry into the community minus the guidance of the local leaders 
for the faith-based leaders in these communities because in every community where you go, they're actually key people that the community listens to. They're key people that the community holds in high esteem. And some of these people are the leaders that are politically um, elected into offices by this very community. So because the communities hold them in high esteem, when you go with a project, chances are high that the project will succeed if you use the local leaders as an entry point for your programs or for your projects. So every nonprofit organization, CEO, project managers, as you think about all these programs, look at the key people that exist in the community. In the community where you work, it might not be the local leaders, but there is someone out there that the community looks at, that person that is an influence to the entire community. So if you want to get through this particular community and do development interventions in this particular community, you look out for such people because when you use them to get entry into the community, you will get the people respond to the services that you're offering. You will have them um, respond to what you are doing. You will have them put in all the effort to ensure that the program is successful. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, if you can't, because if you, you can't just swoop in, tell them how great everything's going to be, you know, start <laughs> snapping your fingers, tell people to do this or this, you're going to love it. That never works. Okay. And it doesn't work right. in business either. Right. So we we're in business to do the same thing. Right. We got to find who's the gatekeeper, who's going to, mm. who, you know, who's going to get me to the, to, to the decision makers, right. To the leaders of the mm. organization, whether it's for sales or, you know, you want to improve their business or whatever the case, you know, we've all mm. got, we've all got gatekeepers to get past. We've got leaders yeah. to get to because they're, they're, they have the influence. You have to find the influencers. And like you said, it may not be an elected official. You'd be surprised. And I, I don't, I don't know your countries, but I'm sure a lot of it, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of influence who are not in the public position, Yes. They're actually the ones basically setting policy, right? They have the ear of the people, you know? Mm. So I, I'm sure there's a lot of dynamics that you run into from a political standpoint, a community standpoint, you know, that mix together that can really complicate the process of what you want to achieve there because you, you get it, you understand what this can be, how it works, but they don't. So you've got to get the right people to get mm. your message across. So it's, and that, I see that as a pretty big challenge you know, mm. when you go into a new place, it's got to be, you, know, you got to just kind of, you got to observe first, right? You go in, you kind of see what's happening, you know, who are people going to, what's act, what actually gets things done here. And there's a lot of different ways things get done throughout the world, you know, <laughs> some good, some bad, but you, know, you got to understand what you're getting into. And it's, it's a challenge, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure it keeps the job very interesting. Uh, but, but once you overcome that, like you said, when you get the people on your side, when you've got mm. the leaders who are able to to convey your message, that's the key, right? They've got to be you. You've got to be able to, and that's part of your skill, right? You have to you have to be able to communicate what mm. your mission is, how it's going to help them, and get them totally on board. So you literally could work with a handful of people, like you said, one to five people, have them fully understand it because they're going to communicate in a way to their to the community that you never could. And I think that's what yeah. the, that's what's going to get your project to really take off, right? Mm. Yeah, that's very good. I love it. It's 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 a very fascinating um, uh, concept. Okay, the nonprofit organization. You know, I'll tell you. I'll be straight up on it. When I was younger, okay, I always been in business my whole adult life. I didn't even like the word nonprofit. 
Okay, there's something about non, the non part just drove me, non and profit is like, it doesn't go together. Okay, there's just no such thing. So I really, I really had issues. And I was kind of, a, I was kind of an idiot too, when I was young, and pretty stupid, and all the other cool things you could call me, but I never understood you know, the results of what it was, you know, can I always saw the bad side and all that kind of stuff. So, but I have a very, I have a very different view on that um, now, but I also, I also understand, I look for the effectiveness. I look for the results, you know, like you said, I look for the strategy. Like, I love how you laid it out. You know, you've, you've got to start and stop time. See, that's important. It's the never ending that people have a problem. It's like, wait, I just keep giving money. And then what, you know, I want to see, and I want to, you know, what what what's our metrics right what what's year one what's six months what's a year and a half what's three years look like and then the end date you're handing it over what does it look like is i have three i have three medical facilities now government run and it, it employs you know you know 263 people and we we, we service you know eighty three thousand people in the community okay that's great that's what i want to mm -hmm. see right I, I want people to know they've they've done their numbers they've they've looked at the impact they can make and how they're going to make it. I think it's a very good, um, a very good approach. And then people should understand that, you know, I mean, don't be dumb like I was, you know, and understand there's actually, there's actually a lot, there, there's a lot of good going on in the world. Okay. Cause I, we, we live yeah. in a world where we're only told bad things. Okay. Cause that's what sells. Okay. We need to understand that people like you, Juliet, who are making such a difference and helping these other organizations, not only create their organization, but go out and make a real long lasting different difference, you know, creating sustainability for people. And, and I, I always take it from the, you know, the American perspective, we are unbelievably blessed here. We don't know we don't know. Mm. We don't know suffering. We don't know sacrifice. Honestly, you know, our poorest, our poor people are the richest in the, you know, <laughs> they're the richest poor people in the world. Right. I mean, no, no one here is poor. No one here is poor. Right. They have, they have cars, they have cell phones. They got, you know, it doesn't matter. So it's, mm. it, it's so good to get, to get perspective on what's going, like you said, you got grass hut guys working cattle out feeding them. I mean, no education. I mean, you don't really understand it till you're involved in it and see it. And again, it's not hey, that, Oh, I feel so bad. It's not that you feel bad for people. You just know that there's better. Right. Yes. And, and that's yes. what it's not. It's not this pity thing. Again, I'm going back to my younger Wait, dumb days when I thought like, yeah, you know, it's, it's about elevating people, you know, yes. cause they're good people, right? They go out and they work every day. They're working cattle, they're milking, they're doing, I mean, these guys work way harder than probably we ever would, right? Just on a daily basis to survive. And man, mm. if you could just give them to elevate them, you know, to, to get more from their hard work, cause their work ethic's never going to go away, you know, mm. but now, now you make it, it, they're working smarter, right? They're working smarter. They're, they're getting yeah. more yield for, for the time they're putting in. That's, that's mm. gotta be very rewarding to see. Like people understand, like they just didn't know. Like I said, they've done something for such a long time and all of a sudden they start, wow, if I do it this way, I get this result. This is better. And, and one good result leads to another. And like I said, over a generation or two generations, I mean, it's an absolute transformation of, could be an entire country actually, you know, depending mm -hmm. on, on the situation. So I, I really, I really appreciate what you do. It's, it's pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, actually, <laughs> you have made me laugh. Nonprofit, yes. Nonprofit organizations, not, not everyone will be in business. But you, you also have business people that God has blessed abundantly, and they would want to give back to, to the communities, you know.
when you look at organizations like you said, when you look at organizations like DFID, European Union, the people that um, will say they're giving $1 a day and all that money put together amounts into something good. And yes, in the community, it is not a pity thing. We are not pitying these people, but we are making their lives better. We are telling them, look here, you have been using the hoe, hand hoe for such a long time, but there is another strategy that you can use. You can use a tractor and cultivate an acre in less than a day, other than getting over 10 people to cultivate that place for three days. So there is a better strategy. So it's another way of saying, uh, this is another way of doing the same thing, but in a better way, and you don't have to put in a lot. You're, you're working smart, just like you blessed it. And we want to make the world nonprofit organizations, if we do, if they do their work right, they should actually make the world a better place. Because, like you said, America is a very beautiful country. It is a very rich country. There are certain things that they have not gone through, but there are other countries that have been invaded by quite a number of things: HIV, AIDS, polio, the six killer diseases. There are things that are unheard of in America by now, but there are things that are happening in the different countries in the world, like Africa, for example, malaria. I don't think malaria is an issue in uh, America now, no. but in countries in Africa, children are dying below the age of five and they're dying because of malaria. So there is this whole process of distribution of mosquito nets. There is this whole process of ensuring that expectant mothers at every trimster they get the drug that stops malaria from multiplying in their bodies because that might kill the body, the baby in that they are carrying, or it might end up killing the mother. So the world, nonprofit organizations transform the world. They make the world a better place for people that are less privileged. They get the opportunity to know that life can be better. Life shouldn't be like this. You can work smart the things that you can put in place and achieve more. So my role as a, a nonprofit expert is to work with every nonprofit organization out there. Someone will say, do you offer services to nonprofits in your country or in Africa only? The problems that nonprofit organizations face are actually the same, but also the documentation that they need to get started is almost the same. For example, someone, Richard will come to me and tell me, I, I have some money aside. I want to start a nonprofit organization. It has been registered and I have my certificate. So there is this whole process of documentation. You need a strategic plan. You need clear goals. You need those objectives in place. You need an activity plan. You need an implementation plan. How are you going to monitor the, the work that you do? What you need a budget in place. Who will monitor the budget? Which activities are you putting in the budget? So the work that I do is not only limited to the country where I come from, because the key documents that we use, uh, borrowing from the fact that I have said I've worked with DFID projects, I've worked with USAID projects, I've worked with European Union projects, and these countries or these donors are working, the multi-level donors that are working in all countries of the world. So the documentation that they need is the documentation that will be used in US, it's the documentation that will be used in Africa, it's the documentation that will be used in Asia. 
And for example, when we're starting, we're talking about the visibility of nonprofit organizations. And yes, Richard, you also said you would want to see the transformation that the nonprofit organization is bringing to the community where they are working. Uh, if someone has started a nonprofit organization and they're struggling to be visible, and they approach me, the visibility is the same because we are all in the same social media. We are all on Facebook. We are all on websites. So what I will tell someone from Africa to become visible is more or less the same thing that I will share with someone in the US that wants their nonprofit organization to be visible. I will tell them capture good stories, take good photos, come on social media and talk about your work and they are the same things. And I come up with a strategy or an implementation plan on how this can be achieved so that they become visible, not only to themselves, but to the donors that they're targeting. Because in most cases, some people have some money that they have put aside and they start nonprofit organizations. But along the way, they see that the need is actually very big. And so they would need the support of a donor. They would need the support of someone out there that can contribute a dollar. But when you get to that level, because you have been documenting your story and showing the transformation that you bring, when you come out, you have the right documentation. By the time you approach a donor like DFID to fund your nonprofit, and probably you have run short of funds, the things that they are going to ask from you are still the same things that they will ask from someone in Asia, in Africa, in US, they are the same things. So if you have done your statistics and you have strategically placed yourself in the right way with the right documentation, with the right visibility, with the right partnerships in place, then chances are high that you will win the funding of this particular donor in contrary to someone else that would also want the same funding. Why? Because you have the right documentation. You are visible. You know, I usually tell nonprofit organizations that, guys, you can't sit down. Look for meetings that are in the portfolio that you're addressing. For example, if my nonprofit is more health related, I should look for national strategic meetings that meet and talk about health issues. Why? Because I need to get myself out there. I need to sit in those meetings. And I tell them when you go in those meetings, please don't keep quiet. When you get to those meetings, talk about yourself, talk about the services that you offer. Because most of the times these days, donors are now funding consortias. And in these cases, for example, if you went to meeting A and you spoke about the work that you do and the gaps that you have, when they're looking for a consortia or if people are coming up with a consortia, your organization will be in their mind. Why? Because you're not seated back. You're talking about your, what you're doing. You're being visible. You're talking about the gaps. So if they need another um, organization that has health or that is implementing health work, they will think about you and will become part of the consortium that is going to uh, implement a particular project. Why? Because you got yourself out there. When you go to that meeting, you spoke, you, 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 you shared your brochure, a summary of the work that you do. You gave out your business card. You are really, really visible in that meeting. So for every nonprofit organization, it is no time to sit back. Time is now to be visible. So how do we be, be, become visible? By building partnerships, by attending uh, national meetings, if you can attend regional meetings, this, these days actually the internet has made things much, much easier. 
look out for those regional meetings that are within your portfolio and request to be part of those meetings and contribute your ideas. You know, just like in the business world, when people know that Coca-Cola is the best brand for soda, that Ford or Toyota and those cars are the best vehicles on the road, you as a nonprofit CEO, you should also put your brand out there so that people will not think about any other brand when they're thinking of someone to partner with in case they have donor fund, they will think about you. Yeah, that's that's very good. You know, it's it's very much it's very much like a business. Okay. Your business you have to yes, do the same thing, right? So you you really yeah, you really have to you really have to approach it in the same way. If you want to be successful, if you want to bring the change to a community, mm. if you really want to make your nonprofit grow, it is endless work. Okay, I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not it's set and forget. So I mean, so I, 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 I love you bringing the reality of it to us. So I, I really appreciate that. So, you know, with all that being said, you've given us so much information on nonprofits. Do you have, do you want to share a link? Anyway, people could follow you, get in touch with you if they're looking to maybe have you help them with this nonprofit stuff. What, what can you do for our listeners? Um, thank you very much, Richard. I have a Facebook page. I'm coming up with, um, my website, it's called Thriving and Transforming Nonprofit Organizations. I usually do postings about different topics on that page, how nonprofit organizations can raise funds. So someone can send me a messenger on that page and we will be able to link up. Because um, one of the days when you say, I, I own a nonprofit and I don't think I need to put in much. You know, the times have changed, just like we've been discussing with Richard. Nonprofits are like businesses these days. Right. You can't afford to start a nonprofit organization and say, I will not invest in, in support or in help. Because you will keep on struggling and struggling with the little basics, and yet there is help out there for your nonprofit to hit the ground running. So I have that Facebook page. Um, I'm working on my website. and it soon will be out but for right. now people can reach me on uh, messenger on my facebook page thriving and transforming nonprofit organizations excellent i'll put that in the show notes too so people have a link uh for that so they can go to that and just click right on that too um julia this has been fascinating you know i mean i really love the topic i, I love having an expert like you who's really had, had a lot of time in the space and it's important to understand that there's so many similarities to a business. And I mean, really, like, like, like we've just said multiple times, you have to approach this. This isn't just throwing money at something. There's actual work. There's actual structure. People need to understand that, it, that you know, that you got to keep your foot on the gas the whole time because people will forget you just like in business. When they don't see yeah. you, they forget you. Okay. So you, yeah. you I'm a very, I love the, the aggressive stance you take. Okay. And <laughs> getting out there, you gotta be, you can't sit in the boardroom. You gotta be the boardroom. You know, you gotta, you gotta let them know who, why, why you're sitting in this chair, what you're going to bring to the table and everything else. So it's, I love that. And that, that inspires me because I, I have that attitude all the time, you know, and I really, I really like that. So I love that you're doing, I love that you're bringing change out there in your communities and everything else. And uh, it's been a, it's just been a joy having you on. So I am going to, close out with that again everything's going to be in the show notes for everybody listening they want to get in touch with juliet juliet thank you again so much for taking time out of your You're welcome. you bet all right thanks so much thank you for listening to the top podcast don't forget to subscribe and if you liked what you've heard please leave a great review for us your subscription and review helps us reach more people so we can show them how to escape the owner prison also 
Check out the links in the show notes about today's guests and more ways to connect with ETOP on social media. Stay strong and keep moving forward with your business.